Hello, my lovelies, my friends, and welcome back to my podcast, Victoria's podcast on murder, mystery, and mayhem. Today, we're going to go inside the disturbing marriage of Carol Hoff and John Wayne Gacy. The world learned John Wayne Gacy's name in December 1978 after the child raping serial killer was arrested and confessed to murdering more than 30 boys and young men. Carol Hoff, meanwhile, knew him as her husband. The pair knew each other since childhood and even went on at least one date when Gacy was 16. And when the two high school sweethearts reunited as adults, Gacy was a homeowner who ran a successful business, while Carol Hoff was a financially destitute single mother. Gacy spent his spare time entertaining kids, dressed as Pogo the Clown, and attending political functions. In Carol's mind, Gacy was a catch. And I'm sure on paper he really was a good catch. I mean, he was within the political society he was doing a lot of charity work i mean we all know that he was in the construction work as well and he ran his own business so on paper he was perfect she was eager to rekindle their youthful flirtations as something more permanent hoff was overjoyed to marry gacy in 1972. she had no idea that he had already murdered a 16 year old boy and stuffed his body in their crawl space. For all four years of their marriage, Carol ignored the awful stench of rot below. Carol has since distanced herself from her past with John Wayne Gacy. Not much is known about her early life as a result. Aside from her early fling with the man who would become one of America's most notorious serial killers, It is clear, however, that Gacy endured a traumatic childhood. He was born on March 17, 1942, in Chicago. Gacy was regularly beaten by his abusive father and mocked as a sissy when he sought refuge in the arms of his mother. Gacy was molested by a family friend at the age of seven. Terrified to tell his father, he kept his homosexuality a secret for the same reason. Gacy suffered blackouts due to a cerebral blood clot when he was 11 years old. While it was treated, he also had a congenital heart condition that kept him out of athletics and caused him to eventually grow obese. Ultimately, he tired of his abusive home life and moved out. Gacy briefly briefly lived in Las Vegas, where he worked as a mortuary assistant and once spent a night in a coffin with the body of a dead boy. While he returned home, he enrolled in business school. He wouldn't reunite with Hoff for years and married someone else first. 22-year-old Gacy had moved to Springfield to manage a shoe store where a smitten employee named Marilyn Myers agreed to marry him nine months later. The couple moved to Waterloo 
1966 for Gacy to help her father marriage a string of KFC joints and Myers gave birth to a son and daughter. Within a year, Gacy began meeting with a group of like-minded businessmen who reveled in wife-swapping drugs and the exchange of pornography. I mean, he must have been in his element joining those people. He would hire teenage boys to help him with housework, only to rape them, earning him an oral sodomy conviction, a 10-year sentence, and his first divorce in 1968. He would be released for good behaviour in less than two years, only to reunite with Carol, and began murdering children he stored in their unassuming home. Despite Gacy's probation, mandating he lived with his mother and adhere to a 10pm curfew, he managed to rekindle a romantic relationship with Carol when he moved into his own home in Chicago's Norwood Park neighbourhood and started his own property maintenance business in 1971. Carol was truly in love. He swept me off my feet, she said. With her old family friend, now a self-employed homeowner, she happily agreed to marry him in June 1972. Meanwhile, Gacy had already lured his first victim to that very house a few months earlier, stabbing 16-year-old Timothy McCoy to death and burying him in the crawl space. While her two daughters didn't seem to mind the rancid smell, Carol's mother often complained that it smelled like dead rats. Gacy said mice or a leaky sewer pipe were likely to be to blame, and Carol believed him. Once when she asked her husband about a trove of boys' wallets she found, he became infuriated. He would throw furniture, said Carol. He broke a lot of my furniture. I think now, if there were murders, some must have taken place when I was in that house. She knew Gacy had been incarcerated for rape, but believed he regretted it and served his time honourably. Gacy had only just begun, however, and would abduct vagrant boys or lure young men into his home under the guise of paid work, only to sodomise, torture and strangle them. Carol believed his, came, his claims of being bisexual, but she but said she was unnerved when Gacy started bringing home a lot of pictures of naked men. Shortly before they separated, she only left Gacy in 1975 when his behaviour grew too erratic and he became physical during an argument over a checkbook. On March the 2nd, 1976, she divorced him on grounds that he was seeing other women. With Carol gone, Gacy had full reign over the house and let his bloodlust run wild. There's no telling if Carol saved her own life by leaving, but Gacy killed dozens of more people once she did. Gacy was soon caught after Elizabeth Peast reported her son Robert missing on December the 11th, 1978. Police questioned Gacy as he'd recently remodeled the pharmacy Robert worked at. While police didn't find the teenager's body at Gacy's house, they did find a receipt that belonged to Robert's friend there. On December the 22nd, Gacy confessed to dumping Robert's body in the Des Plaines River. When investigators searched his home, 
they found the remains of 29 bodies in his crawl space. Gacy was sentenced to death three years later. He was executed by lethal injection on May 10th, 1994, after spending 14 years on death row. As for his former spouses, Marilyn Myers said in 1979 that she remarried after her divorce from Gacy. She admitted to being shocked at the revelations that he liked men or children, but never having felt threatened by him. Carol, meanwhile, has seemingly remained silent ever since and only ever spoken of the awful stench, strange collection of wallets and that Gacy had been sexually dysfunctional with women. The John Wayne Gacy himself absolutely petrifies me because if we're to look at him just as a person, like if he was your neighbor or you knew of him, I mean, he was a business owner. He'd done a lot of charity work in hospitals for sick children. He dressed up as the clown. He was funny. He was witty. He was likable. He was confident. He was married. He had kids. I mean, he owned his own home. From the outside looking in, you probably would have trusted him. But the real John Wayne Gacy, the one that was hiding behind the clown's makeup, was a dangerous, raping, child-molesting, murdering sociopath. And you, we can say, well, he had a hard life. Yes, he did, but a lot of people had a hard life and never did what he did. I understand that he had heart problems and all of that. As a child, his father was very, very cruel to him, which is a given. And it must have been very hard for him to be gay or bisexual, whatever you'd like. I'm not sure what exactly he was. Was he bisexual or was he gay? I don't know. And to have to hide that his whole life because of shame or guilt. And I know myself in Ireland here, at one stage it was a crime to be gay and it was punishable by a prison sentence. So if at that stage of him growing up, he probably couldn't have come out to his father or mother that he was gay because I'm sure it was also punishable in all countries as well as Ireland. I'm sure it wasn't just Ireland. Um, that part I feel sorry for him for because nobody should have to hide who they really are. But he took it to another extreme altogether. He, he hid that he was a murderer, that he was interested in children, that he was a paedophile. I mean, to murder the amount of people that he murdered young boys and very young men I mean, 30 people he killed, 29 of those who are buried in his own home. I mean, he brought a wife into that house and her dude two daughters, and he not for one second was afraid that she or somebody else would go searching for that smell. I can't even imagine what the stench must have been like. It must have just been overtaken. I personally, I have done a podcast in the past about John Wayne Gacy. I'm actually quite passionate about this case. When I was probably about 10 or 11, there was a two-part series on TV and it was called To Catch a Killer. And it was the story of John Wayne Gacy. And it all started with that boy and the chemist who went missing. And if he never touched that boy, 
because he was well loved and, and he was his family were waiting for him. It was Christmas Eve, his mother was waiting for him. He went to talk to John Wayne Gacy and he disappeared. Imagine if he never had taken that boy. That was his biggest mistake. Because that was the boy whose family was never going to let it go, that their child just ran away. How many more young boys would he have murdered? I reckon it would have went into the hundreds if he'd stuck with vagrants and runaways. He could have done it his whole life and never gotten caught. And that's very, very sad. So if you're interested in John Wayne Casey, look through my past podcasts. I definitely have one of him. This is about his wife, Carol. There isn't much out there on her and there isn't much out there on the children that he had with his first wife. I just can imagine that Carol staying out of the limelight for herself and her own two children. I hope that the women went on to have very good lives and all the kids, his, his own biological children and also his second wife's daughters are all okay and not psychologically scared by this. I'm a bit late to my podcast today. It's Sunday. I'm actually seven years in business today. So I was taking it easy, doing a little bit of celebrating. We're actually going away tonight, myself and my husband, in about an hour and a half. He has cricket matches today. So as soon as he comes back, we're going to have a quick bite to eat and hit the road. The weather here in Ireland is absolutely smashing. It's like a dream come through. It is so warm outside. So I was up early this morning. I was out in the garden. I did the garden. Went for a little walk around the park. Came back home, had a little nap because we have a long journey ahead of us tonight. And then I got up then. I had a bite to eat. I ate it in the garden and just out of the shower now, doing my podcast, and then I'm going to pack my stuff for tonight. So I hope you all have an amazing day. Remember, Sunday's a day that you need to really look after yourself, a little bit of self-care, go for a walk, read a book, have a glass of wine, cook yourself something nice to eat, treat yourself to a takeaway, whatever it is you like. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you have an amazing week ahead. Love you all. Bye.